0: Well, good morning to everyone. It's good to see you. We'll begin the service today. We'll sing a song, and it'll be in this little carol book that you have there. We'll start out today. We'll sing number 21, Old Little Town of Bethlehem, number 21. Wonderful things to think about a little town of Bethlehem the town there that Christ was born in born of a virgin a pure young lady and a young man that looked that they had a future ahead of them But God had plans for them. What does God have in store for you and for me in our life? Can we hear what God has to say? Mary was able to hear. Elizabeth was able to hear. Zachariah was able to hear. Let us all today have ears to hear and to be obedient to the calling that he has for each and every one of us. And I know there's a job for us. There's something that he will have for you to do. And we can see victory. But let's don't let ourselves get in the way. But let's be ready to move when he says move. Let's be ready to go straight forward. Just as the people that I just mentioned, they were ready. Some of them had doubts in the beginning, but they fulfilled what he asked them to do. And that's my mind today. Is I want to fulfill what he has for me to do. Whatever it might be, wherever he might lead us, I want to fulfill it. And I want to be in a condition that he can lead me and he can help me then to instruct and help others to see and to encourage them, to see and to know what his will is in our day. We have such a wonderful opportunity, friends. When I look around throughout the world today and I see as I travel around throughout the week and you see what goes on in most people's mind, what they are so interested in, is is that our interest in the things of the world and how we can grow greater and greater naturally? Or is it, how can I get closer to the Lord? And he has things for us all to do. How can I draw closer to him and follow him and help others to see victory? Help others to know him. Encourage them in that. Yes, We ought to encourage each and every one of you to do the very best that you can naturally here so that you can be as successful as the Lord wants you to be. We should never be slothful in anything that we do, in our work, in our daily walk. We should not be that way. But let's keep him first and foremost in front of us and looking for the prize of a high calling, that victory that we can go through and we can see the celestial city. We can see those things. We know it now that we can be a part of that and we can go to there because Jesus Christ was born here on the earth. He overcame all things and he hung on that cross and he was raised out of that grave, victorious over death and over sin, victorious. And you and I can be that way today, and I want to just say amen to that, that we can. And I want every one of us to be encouraged this morning in his word that we can see that and we can be a part of it if we want to. And we can show the right and the proper respect to his kingdom, to his work here upon the earth in whatever way it might be. And let's go on then. And see victory. Turned here this morning. the Ephesians. There's a tremendous amount in these chapters in the Ephesians. Let's just go to the first verse, first chapter of Ephesians and read some there to begin with. There may be other places that we might want to read some today as we go through these things here. (coughs) Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And I just want to say this morning, use that same salutation, that I am here as a messenger of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are here today, to all of you that has accepted Jesus Christ. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And we each and every one of us can be a part of that. Grace be to you. Grace be to you. The power of God be to you. The love of God be to you. Peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He knows all about us. He knew about us before the world was. He knew what we would do, what we will do. But we all have that opportunity. We, have, we are free ages, and we can accept him to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved by his power, by the Son of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We can be saved, in whom we have redemption. Through the blood, through Jesus Christ, friends, through his blood, by him dying for the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, forgiveness of our sins. Why did we come out here today? Have we come out here just to fellowship? Or have we come out to understand more about this? And I want us to all to understand, I believe if we think about what was said last week and the things there that was talked about and, then pro- and as he got through with some of the things that he had told him, he says, do ye now believe? Is that the case with us this morning? Do ye now believe in Jesus Christ? Have you come out here today wanting to know more about him and wanting to get closer to him? I want to encourage every one of you to let's let his spirit be strong within us and let's be bold in that and stand up against Satan. What does he say? Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. And that's what He will do. He will give to each and every one of us today all the wisdom, the spiritual wisdom and knowledge that we need to be able to accomplish the things that He would have for us to do while we are here. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, Which he hath proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Now what he's saying that he is here. He will give us all the knowledge, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. And you can look around throughout the world and see people don't understand what the will of God is at all. They think that they're here just to enjoy the worldly lifestyle that they go through and that they can just live that, live their best life, whatever they want to do here upon the earth. And they're going to go and live in heaven this day when they leave this world. But that's not at all what he says. He says, Cease not to give thanks. Well, I skip some. He said, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath proposed in himself. What did he propose? What did he do here? How was his life lived here upon the earth? Was there any sin in him? Was there any evilness, unrighteousness? Not at all. His life shows us how we should live in righteousness, and godliness. That is how we should be living our life. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are in earth, and we've read about that recently, of how that those things are going to come together. All of those that is in heaven and all of those that are upon the earth when he comes back will all be joined together. The dead in Christ will rise to meet him in the air, and then all the rest that are there, all the rest that are alive and still remain here upon the earth, the righteous, will rise to meet him in the air, to ever be with him. Encourage one another in these words, he says. What a wonderful thing that that is that we can be having. We can be a part of that. I want you to understand that, that you can be a part of it. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will, that he came here and he made it available, and God made it available since the beginning of time. There was some way that man would be able to attain to that inheritance of God. There was there, They had the law and they had hope that there was a Messiah coming. And now we know that the Messiah did come and he overcame all things for us. And that through him, through Jesus Christ, the blood of him, that we can have that inheritance, we can obtain to a part of the inheritance of God. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. The praise of the glory of God, because we trusted in Jesus Christ, and we were trusting in him and asking him, and we have received. We have been chosen to receive the new birth, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You were filled with the Holy Spirit of promise. Has that happened in your life? I want you to just think, has that happened? Truly happened? You know, we can feel these things, and we can think that, we're getting along okay and not be where that we should, but in whom ye also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel. Of your salvation, heard the truth, and he says, the gospel of what? Of your salvation, the words, the understandings that Jesus Christ, how he lived in his gospel, so that you can have salvation, you can be saved from eternal damnation. Do you understand that? You trusted in Jesus Christ. You repented of your sins. You had faith in him. That you heard the word of truth, you heard the things that are being taught right here today, you accepted as the truths of God, and you want to repent of your sins, and whom after that ye believed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It's a promise of God that I'll send to you a comforter. Now, now listen carefully. He says, In whom ye trusted. Trusted, him, trusted Jesus Christ enough that you would put it your life into his hands, that you heard the gospel, you heard the truth, the words of God through the Son, Jesus Christ, being preached to these people here. We're hearing it from Paul and other disciples. We have heard it today from others, and you are hearing it today from me, and what is it? It's the gospel of your salvation. It is the plan that you might be able to hear, know, and follow the words of God, not the words of myself. All I am doing is a mouthpiece just as Paul was to these people. When you heard the word of truth, you trusted. in whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed with the Holy Ghost. The promise of eternal life through that. Is that in our life today, friends? Everyone, have you truly been sealed in the Holy Spirit of promise, the promise that I have received, I will receive that comforter? Has that took place? And I know that it has with people here, lots of them. I hope, but I want to be sure that everyone understands that, and everyone is able to receive that, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the unto the praise of His glory. Wherefore I also. After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Beginning out, starting out with that new spirit. That's the earnest, he says, of our inheritance, which is the earnest of our inheritance. That is what will get you started in that. Somebody may buy something and put down some earnest money on it to show that they, this is what they want and they want to, to continue on till they have this fulfilled. And that's what that promise is to us, is the earnest of our inheritance. That's when we trust in him, that's what we're doing as we are showing him that we want to truly be a part of that. And then until the redemption OF THE PURCHASED POSSESSION UNTO THE PRAISE OF HIM GLORY. AND WHEN WILL WE BE ABLE TO REDEEM THAT? WHEN WE CROSS OVER INTO THAT VICTORY, INTO THE CELESTIAL CITY THERE. THAT IS WHEN THEN WE WILL BE REDEEMED OF THAT PURCHASED POSSESSION. WE WILL HAVE IT. THERE WILL BE NO MORE SORROW. THERE WILL BE NO MORE PAIN. THERE WILL BE NO MORE TEMPTATION. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul just wanted to encourage them and tell them how that he was thankful that they were able to hear and they were thankful to be able to see. And he was thankful to be able to preach and to teach these words to them. That, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And that's what comes along there when we truly accept him, friends. And Paul was just excited. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give unto you That's what he was praying and what he was asking to happen to them. And that's what I want to see each and every one today, everyone that is under the sound of my voice today, be able to receive unto you the spirit of wisdom, spiritual wisdom, spiritual knowledge and understanding, and revelation in the knowledge of him, in knowledge of God the Father and Jesus Christ his Son. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? What is it? He says, it is so great, there is nothing... That Satan can overcome you in if you'll use that power. And that is just, it's almost hard for us to even think about the, how great receiving that new birth is and what it will do for you. And friends, if you don't understand that, something is wrong. You need to go to him and ask. And he says, you shall receive, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. What is he doing to us? He raised Christ out of that tomb, raised him from the dead, and brought him and set him there at the right hand of his, the throne. What would he do to us? You and I have come here dead spiritually. And what is he saying? I will raise you just as I raised Jesus Christ out of that tomb when he was dead. I will raise you spiritually. You are just as dead spiritually as he was in that tomb. He says, I will raise you. Spiritually, which wrought in Christ, the power of God worked in Christ, and He's saying that same power will work in you just as He raised Christ from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. He says, I will do the same for you spiritually. I will raise you from the dead and I will set you there at the right hand of God there with Jesus Christ, with all of the church, all of the bride. We'll be there with God the Father. We will not be on the left. We will be on the right. Those on the left, he says, will be cast into outer darkness. The ones on the left, the ones on the right, he says, will enter into my kingdom. So let's all be looking forward to that. Let's all be putting our faith and trust in this. And hath put all things under his feet, I think I skipped first. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that world to come. What was he, he just telling us again? The mighty power there. He says it's above all the principalities. It's above all the government, above all the power and might that might be in people here upon the earth, the spirit, and in Satan. The Spirit of God is above all that, and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. his work, his power, his understanding. It hath put all things under the feet of Jesus Christ. And if he has put all things under the feet of Jesus Christ, and he's telling us that I'm going to treat you, I'm going to give you the same spirit, the same power that I gave to Jesus Christ, do you not think that we can overcome? Do you not think that we can have power over Satan? Do you not think that we can live a life without it being full of sin? And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the body of the church, is the body of the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ. The fullness of him that filleth. All in all. Are we looking for that today? Is that what we are striving for? What are we how are we living our life and what are we training and teaching our young ones, our children? What does he say in throughout his book here, throughout the Bible? Now, if we've got that new birth, we're going to be trying to do things and to help others, to help our young people to walk close to him. And not only our young people, but the old ones. But we need to be setting forth that example in everything that we do. i want to read some here in this same book. Let's turn over to the sixth chapter. He talks about these things. He talks about and we've gone over this so many times. But these are things that, it is a dangerous world out there right now, friends. Extremely dangerous when it comes to the spiritual part. Back 2,000 years ago, Paul was writing these letters and warning people and encouraging them in what was taking place in that day and how they should live. And I believe it is way more critical for us today to be thinking and to be looking at how would he have for us to be. And he starts out in that first verse, sixth chapter. He just says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now I want us to ask ourselves something. Is that the case with us today? Does he put any age limit on those things? He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Not only as we go through here, we should look around and we should see that the elder people should be looked upon. As mothers, if they are living, them living their life in the as way that he will say it down through here. They should be looked upon as mothers and fathers in the church. And we should all look upon them with the respect, just as he says here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And what that means, it means exactly what he said, obey. He asks for us to obey as we go through life. He looks for us to obey what his commandments are, what he asks, how he has for us to live. He wants to obey those things. He wants us to obey children, young people, older people, just exactly what he says. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long upon the earth. And again, this is the promise that he's talking about. If we obey our parents, if we respect them. Now that's not going out here, though, and if the parents are leading you, trying to lead you into something that goes in direct opposition to God's word, can't do that but we need to have parents that are righteous parents parents that are leading their children and children following the righteous parent that's what he's talking about here that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth that you might be able to have a good life while you're here and then at that when we go off of this earth then that we can live here with Christ and the others for a thousand years during that millennial period of time because we have heard his word. We have been obedient to his word. And you fathers provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That again is a commandment for us parents and for all of us You fathers in the church, provoke not your children to raft, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Teach them the respect that should be taught. Teach them how that they should live and how they should obey. Obedience is what God asks for in all of us. Every one of us starts at the top all the way down and then being obedient to the parents. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh and fear with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with our services, men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, and he's talking about servants there. In part of that, he says, "And there were they were servants, and today they were slaves." But he says there, to be obedient to them, to your masters. We don't have that today, but we should be obedient to those who are over us in whatever way it might be we should be obedient to what they would ask for us to do God has a government here upon the earth in his church all the way along in his family and we should learn to respect that in wherever and whatever it might be not with our services men pleasers but as the servants of Christ not doing things just Just to try to gain praise and honor from some man or something, there, just to be pleasing to them. But he says, as the servants of Christ, learning how to be obedient, as a servant of Christ would, doing the will of God from the heart not just something that I'm doing this to try to bring attention to myself, but I am doing this because I have a love that I want to follow Christ. I have a love that I want to be at one with Him. Doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing services to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Just remember that. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, and I want to make that plain today. It doesn't matter who you are you will be able, if you truly desire it, you'll be able to receive from the Lord His wisdom, His power, His knowledge just as much as anybody else. Doesn't matter what their name is, where they come from, what color of skin they are, it does not matter. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And you masters, do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master is also in heaven. And for each and every one of us, that whatever position that you might be in, he says, be careful that you do the same things, that you do the same things, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. That you're also is master, also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And you just go and tell there's no respect of persons in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Doesn't matter who you are, it's available to you. Accept it. Use the power there. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in it, he says. Don't be one that is waffled to and fro, back and forth, from one thing to the other. Don't be one that finds himself out here in sin constantly. He says, be strong. Use the power of God to overcome that. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, the mighty power of God. And you can read through this book, and you can see all the works that God did and how that they were good. You can see how that men who were there working in God's kingdom, you can see how in a lot of cases, that they tried to do things on their own things. And it was not good. And they they failed in those things. Because they did not and were not obedient to the calling of God in that day. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is what is trying to to bombard you today, the wickedness of the things of the world, the wickedness of Satan and him out here trying to deceive you just as he has about the whole world deceived. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood here, but against principalities and powers, the powers of Satan, the evil spirit against the rulers of darkness for this world. And we see that too today. Rulers of the world and how much they're in darkness and how that they're promoting these things against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's be sure that we don't allow those things to overcome us because spiritual wickedness is everywhere today around you. But Satan can have no power over you. And you can be armed with the power of God. You can put on that helmet. You can put on that breastplate. You can hold that shield in front of you. That shield of faith. That will stop all the fiery darts that Satan has. We have all of those things right at our hands to you to overcome and to be and to see victory in God the Father and His Son. Wherefore, as we're going to talk about what we just said right now. Wherefore, take upon you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, to stand. You see some criminal come up before the court. And they can't stand with confidence. Because they know they are guilty. And they know they are about to be sentenced to, to prison. You can see others maybe that come there. And they are very confident because they know they are not guilty. And they know the evidence shows that they are not guilty. And that they know that they will be freed. And he's saying here, Wherefore, in the evil days that we live, take upon you the whole armor of God, Why? Why do you need the armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day? That you may be able to withstand. You may be able to have power over sin. And having done all, to stand at that final day with confidence. Before God and his son Jesus Christ. I want to be there. And I know I can. And I don't want to be discouraged. Because I know that what he's writing right here. Is the truth of the gospel. And I know I can accept it. And I know I can take the whole armor of God. Right within this tabernacle that i have to be able to make war against satan to be able to withstand evil in this evil and adulterous days that we live in today i can stand against it by being obedient to the spirit now if i let the lust of the flesh overcome me, and if I let all of those things override that spirit, and he will allow that if you want to do it. But if you want his spirit to override that evilness, take on the whole arm of God, he will allow that, and he will overcome. You are a free agent. Which spirit do you want to use? But if you use that spirit of satan very long he will destroy you and you won't have an opportunity to receive and to use the spirit of the holy ghost anymore stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness Listen, this is what he's telling us, how we can armor ourselves. Learn up, turn, put, gird up your loins with truth. Put that upon part of your body. That will protect that part so that you can be strong and you can travel on that spiritual life. The truths of God Believe in them, is what we're talking about. Believe in the truths of God. And having on the breastplate of righteousness that righteous spirit. If that righteous spirit is within you, you can overcome all things. Do you believe that? I do. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Being prepared with the gospel. The gospel that brings peace. And what gospel is that? It is none more but the power of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God that is available to you. That's what he he is offering to us. Everyone, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Being prepared by the gospel. Believing in it. And above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield of faith. Now I want you to think about that. And you've heard me explain these things before, but I want you to listen carefully so you understand it. That shield of faith, when that army went into the battle, they had these big metal-type shields that they held in front of them. They had their spear or their weapon in the other hand, but they had this shield that they held in front that they could go through, and they could get right up close and be ready to do battle because they had that shield that would protect them from all the arrows and the spears that might be coming from the enemy. It would protect them. And that's what he's saying now. You start out with that. That was in front of them, in front of all of these other things there. He says, you take that shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Did he say part of them? I don't believe I read that in there. He says all of them. Everything that Satan has to try to destroy you you can overcome with that faith in Jesus Christ, faith in him that he can overcome these things for you. If you don't have that faith, you are lost. But you've got to have that faith that he came here, he died on the cross so that you could be saved. Taking that shield of faith, wherein, wherewith, ye shall be able to quench all. All the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation. Cover that head with salvation. And the sword of the Spirit. Which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit. The Spirit of God there. The word of God that you can use to destroy Satan. Paul was encouraging these people but he just wanted to lay it out kind of like a lot of them they saw the soldiers around in their community and they, they knew something about war. And they knew what, how they protected themselves as they went into war with the armies. And that's what he's talking about here. He's using that as an allegory so that they can see. They understood that now. He says, now I want you to be able to understand what the power of God will do for you. When they went into war, they they put all of this weaponry upon them. All of these shields, all of these breastplates and helmets. All of that, they put it upon them for protection. All the protection that they might feel like that they need. What do you feel like you need spiritually? What do you feel like you need spiritually? Do you think you can do it on your own? Or do you understand that this is what you have to have and it all comes down to the Spirit of the Holy Ghost is what all this comes up to. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Even with all of that protection that you have there, he had to have a, a, a sword there that he would use, that, that soldier did, to destroy the enemy. He had the protection to keep him away. But if he wanted him destroyed, he had to use the sword And if you want Satan destroyed in your life today, you have to use the Word of God, the Spirit of God, to overcome him. That's the only way, friends. The sword of the Spirit, the Spirit of God will destroy Satan. The sword in that soldier's hand would destroy his enemy. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Believe upon Him. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pray. Are you praying each day? Are you praying with your family, your wife, your husband, your children? Are you teaching them how to do these things? Are you praying earnestly, not just going through some little ritual? But do you have an earnest prayer life? And is that an earnest prayer life with your family? Teaching them the words of God. With all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Persevering to be able to know and have that knowledge that he has to offer to all those that desire it. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And friends, I beg today, just as Paul was asking them for their prayers, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And I beg for the prayers of each and every one of you, that I may be able to do the same thing that I may be able to with boldness preach the truths of God so that people can understand it, so that they will be encouraged in the work, so that they will seek out Jesus Christ for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And here Paul was. He says, I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador in bonds. Now, I believe that he probably was in prison when he was writing this. But I know that this, he was an ambassador with Jesus Christ and God the Father. He was in bonds with them. He was bound to them by the Spirit. And he was able to teach and to preach that therein I may speak boldly. And listen to what he he went on to say. As I ought to speak. Should we be afraid of Satan, afraid to say something against him? Should we be afraid of saying something against the evilness of the world? Paul says here that I'm an ambassador with Jesus Christ. I'm an ambassador, one that would go and to seek how I can have peace with other people. One that would go and teach others about how that Christ would have you to live. He says, I'm in bonds, and he was. He was bound in prison, I believe, when he was writing this. But I want to look at it that where he was really in bonds is, is with God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. And they were leading him, they were directing him as he ought to let it happen. He was there. And he had full respect for the Father. He was obedient to the Father. He was a child, spiritually. And he was obedient to the Father. And the Father was able then to chasten and rebuke, to teach him so that how he would have him to live and how he would have him to talk and the things that he would have him to speak. That was the closeness that Paul had with Jesus and the Father. And I know that he can do that for us, friends. There are things that we may have looked upon in the past that we didn't get involved in that, but it's time for us to get involved in some things. It's time for us to be just what he's talking about here to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ and to speak boldly as we ought to speak about Jesus Christ and about what he can do for you to encourage others. But that you may know my affairs and how I do, Tachicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that you might know our affairs and and that he might comfort your hearts. Here he had a brother there that he was just going to send to him to be able to talk to these people, to encourage them in the word. Would you be willing to go do some of that today? We should. and We should be ready to go and to and to speak to our brothers and sisters and to encourage them in the Word. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity, amen. Now listen to what he said, that last verse. Grace, power, understanding. Be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity, there's way too much going around through the world today that says, yes, I love Jesus Christ. He's a God of love. And he will never, the raft of him, the, he's not going to rain that down on people. He's just a God of love. He said, here, grace be with all them that love Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, in sincerity, so much you are willing to, to be obedient to him and his Father and live in accordance with how he would have us to live. Friends, it's time for us to listen. It's time for us to pay attention. When we go out into the world, are we looking like the world? Are we acting like the world? Are we going to places like the world? Or is there a difference in us? Is there a difference when people look upon how you dress and how people in the world dress? Is there a difference in your lifestyle? Is there a difference in the spirit that is within you and what is in the world? He says, there has to be. It is time for us to listen. He says, grace be to you. Power be to them. That love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. I can say all kind of things, but then if I look around and I live like the world, I act like the world, and all of these other things, is that in sincerity with Jesus Christ? It's time we listen. It's time we walk with Him as He says. Walk with him as he walked. Walk in this world as he walked. Do you think that Jesus was out there? Do you think that people could see? They could see a difference in him. They could see a difference in his disciples. And there should be today. And this starts right in the home, friends. Right in the home with the mom and the father. Father and mothers. What kind of example are you setting today? And I want to be sure what kind of, and that goes right on to us as fathers and mothers in the church, older people. What kind of example are we setting today with the truth, with his word? Are we taking... that spirit and using it properly. Are we praying always a prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching therein with all perseverance and supplication for the saints? Are you wanting to be a part of that? Be a part of the saints. Friends, hear his word and harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. But hear his word and let him take that heart of stone out of you and give you a heart of flesh, that heart of flesh that you will be able to understand the spirit, understand his spiritual wisdom and knowledge. And live in accordance with it. That is what I want you to be able to hear. I want you to be able to know it and understand it and be a part of it. And we can see victory in that, my friends. Let's just put our faith and trust there. I want to read a a verse or two here. This will be in Mark. Let's start reading at the 13th verse, the the 10th chapter of Mark. And they brought young children to him that he would touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. His disciples were looking around and they would say, Why are you bringing these children here to them? But he is a God there. Jesus Christ wants to be involved with the little children. He wants the parents to be bringing them to him and teaching them at a very young and early age. He says, But when Jesus saw it, he was, very, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. And he says, Bring those little children to me. Train them, bring them up into the nurture and admonition of God. That is a commandment for us all. And as I said, it starts right with us in the home. And what example that we see, we see and we can talk and we can look around. You've seen people follow right in the footsteps of what their fathers and mothers live. We see it today in both cases. We can see someone who, is, who has a good home who works with their children, who trains them, and you can see them come right on and, and be good citizens and good people in most cases. Not always. Sometimes they go away. But you can see others that has a father that maybe is an alcoholic or he's a drunk, and he, he, that's what he shows to his children. That's the lifestyle that they live in or they're on drugs or whatever. Same thing with the mother if how she lives, how she dresses. You're going to see the young girls and the young women coming up doing the same thing. Train them in the way that they should go, and they will not depart, he says. Yes, there will be some that do. But that will be in their mind for the rest of their life how that they were trained. Now we should do these things in love and and showing and training them because we want to be obedient to the word. Not just that I'm telling you to do this, and this is what I'm going to tell you, and this is how you're going to live. But be able to show them, be able to take the word of God and let them understand how and why you do and how you live in certain ways. He says, suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and he put his hands on them and blessed them. Look what he did. Now what is he saying here? Verily I say unto you. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as this little child, he shall not enter into therein. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. And I can be, and I believe I am a a part of his kingdom today here upon the earth. And I believe there's others here that's a part of his kingdom today. And you know how how you've been able and how we've been able to receive that and be a part of it? By becoming, as a little child, totally dependent upon God the Father and his Son. Knowing that we cannot do it on our own that we must have that Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That new birth, just as he told, he says, you must be born again. And without that new birth, you will never be able to enter into the kingdom of God. And that's what he's talking about right here. I say unto you, whosoever shall not not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, He shall not enter therein. That little child takes everything the parent gives it so that it can grow. It eats. The parent dresses it. The parent gives it a home to live in. All of these things. And he's able to continue on in life And that's what he's talking about with us spiritually, that we've got to be in that condition where we are willing to just put it into the hands of God and then to let that spirit overcome us and make us new. Just as that little child was dependent upon its parents, we must depend upon God to see victory and we can he took them up in his arms and he'll take us up in our, in his arms and love us and bless them i want to receive the blessings of god do you think that we're going to receive the blessings of god filled with the lust of the world the pride of life and the lust of the eye And all of that type thing, absolutely not. How can we be a part of this? Repent. Put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and repent of our sins and be baptized for the remission of our sins. Our sins will be taken away when we trust in him. When we truly believe in Him, and when we are baptized with that Spirit of the Holy Ghost, our sins are taken away. We have that new, we have been made new. We are a new man, a new woman. We are not the same when we receive that. I don't want to stay the same. That is why we do it. We are sick and tired of sin in our life. We are sick and tired of knowing that we are lost. So we flee to him. And when he gives us that, he says, I'm going to give it to you. And when we receive it, now we are new. We know that that's taken away. We know now that we are Look at the peace that that brings upon us in our life. How do we know and understand that we are now in a saved condition? We can abide with him if we want to, if we will. And he will abide with us until the end. That's what he tells us. We must abide in us until the end. And as we cross over, he will be right there. And we can still have that shield of faith keeping Satan at bay, all his temptations away. And we've got that that sword of the Spirit to destroy him with. The Spirit of the Holy Ghost to destroy Satan. Isn't that wonderful to think about? Don't be discouraged. If we find ourselves in a condition that I feel like that I need to really move up, that's good. If you find yourself in the condition that I am in a lost condition, and I need help. That's good. Just do what he says. Repent. And have faith in Jesus Christ. And you can receive that new birth and see victory in Jesus Christ. We'll sing another song in the conclusion of the service today. It'll be in the little carol book. It'll be number 24, Silent Night. And there may be someone here that might would like to make that public, that I am going to commit my life to Jesus. And if that's the case, you can come forward as we sing number 24, Silent Night. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. baptize you. Yes, <laughs> I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and may the Lord receive you and just go to him, as he said. And he will forgive. Silent night, holy night. All is calm. Is it calm in your life? All is bright. Is his spirit bright in our life? There was a young virgin and a child that it was because of the spirit because of God that God was leading them and he can lead us to victory with the angels let us sing hallelujah hallelujah to our king Christ the savior I will mention to you that we will, Wednesday night, we'll come out at about 7.30 and we'll be able to fellowship together and sing some songs of praise, songs about Jesus Christ and about his birth and what it all means. And we'll have a few refreshments down in the educational building and you're welcome to come, all of you, and I'd like for you to invite some friends. I also would like to see you invite friends to come and be here on Sunday with us. Bring them, help them, encourage them in the truth. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son. Just lead, guide, and direct us in the upcoming days that your will be done in us. That we get that worldly nature out of our life and we draw closer to you and live in accordance with how you would have us to live, being obedient to your calling. Lord, I ask you to be with everyone that is struggling today spiritually. Those that their heart has been pricked to help them to see and know the way. And the others, those that are walking with you to encourage them to be strong and to be bold in your word and to see victory using what you have to offer that sword of the spirit to overcome we ask these things in jesus name amen
1: Brother.